welcome to the Electric Rodeo, an adult toy megastore podcast about sex, pleasure, relationships, and everything in between. I'm your host, Emma Hewitt, a sex educator and sex toy enthusiast. Every episode, I take a deep dive into a fascinating new topic, talk to experts, and answer common sex questions. Because sex is normal, messy, pleasurable, intimidating, and a hell of a lot of fun. Let's take a ride. Sex is one of the internet's biggest stars, from Pornhub to OnlyFans, and everything in between. According to some researchers, pornography makes up one-third of all websites, which is wild, but it makes sense. Humans like having sex, and we like watching other people have it too. But the online sex we consume isn't always the good kind. A lack of sex education in schools and our societal inability to talk openly about it means that more people are looking at online spaces to learn about the ins and outs of sex. And a lack of porn literacy means that many people are using it as a form of sex education, something that it's not intended to be. But there is somewhere online where the content is real, intimate, hot and honest. It's a site called Make Love Not Porn. It's not a porn site. It's a social sex site working towards a social sex revolution. Think Facebook, but for social sex, but carefully curated and responsibly managed. The Make Love Not Porn stars are real lovers having real sex, including all the bits you won't see on Pornhub, including the negotiations, the preparations, the foreplay, the giggles, and the aftercare. Social sex is enormously reassuring. Because we celebrate real-world everything. Real-world bodies, real-world hair, real-world penis size, real-world vulvas. And that's important because you can talk body positivity all you like. You can preach self-love. Nothing makes you feel great about your own body like seeing people who are no one's idea of aspirational body types getting turned on by each other. I'm talking to the founder of the website, Cindy Gallup. She's a marketing and advertising executive with 35 years in the industry and has worked for some of the world's biggest brands. But even with all that expertise, digital solution providers and financial institutions make it near impossible to grow an adult business, no matter how responsible it is. In this episode, we talk all about sex online, social sex, moderation strategies, and how she came up with the idea for Make Love, Not Porn. So Make Love, Not Porn is an accident. And it came about through my direct personal experience dating younger men. Um, The men I date tend to be in their 20s. And about 13, 14 years ago now, I began realizing through dating younger men that I was encountering what happens when two things converge. And I stress the dual convergence because most people think it's only one thing. I realized I was experiencing what happens when today's total freedom of access to hardcore porn online meets our society's equally total reluctance to talk openly and honestly about sex. When those two things collide, porn becomes sex education by default in not a good way. Mm -hmm. And so I found myself encountering a number of sexual behavioral memes in bed. I went, whoa, (laughs) I know where that behavior is coming from. I thought, gosh, if I'm experiencing this, other people must be as well. I didn't know that because 13, 14 years ago, nobody talked about this. You know, nobody was writing about Mm -hmm. it. This was me in isolation as a naturally action-oriented person going, 
I want to do something about this. So 12 years ago, I put up on No Money, a tiny clunky website at makelovenotporn.com that in its original iteration was just copy. The construct was porn world versus real world. I launched Mm -hmm. at TED in 2009. I became the only TED speaker to say the words, come on my face on the TED stage, (laughs) six times in succession. The talk went viral as a result. And it drove this extraordinary global response to my tiny website that I had never anticipated. Thousands of people wrote to me from every country in the world, young and old, male and female, straight and gay, pouring their hearts out. And I realized I'd uncovered a huge global social issue. And so I then felt that I now had a personal responsibility. I had to take Make Love Not Porn forwards in a way that would make it much more far-reaching, helpful, and effective. And so I turned it into makelovenotporn.tv, which is today the world's first and only user-generated, human-curated social sex video sharing platform. So we are what Facebook would be if Facebook allowed you to socially, sexually self-express, which it sadly does not. Um, We are basically socializing sex in the real world, making it easier to talk about, to promote consent, communication, good sexual values, and good sexual behavior. If porn is the Hollywood blockbuster movie, make love, not porn, we are pro-sex, pro-porn, pro-knowing the difference. We're the real world documentary, a unique window onto the funny, messy, comical, fabulous sex we all have in the real world. Now, Cindy, like with most social platforms, especially the larger ones, there are people that take advantage and might post extreme or harmful content. What's your moderation strategy at the moment? And what's the plan for the site's continued growth? Sure. So Make Love Not Porn is unique in many ways. One of them is that I concepted and designed Make Love Not Porn 12 years ago through the female lens. And what that means is that we are the safest place on the internet because I designed Make Love Not Porn around what everybody else should have, nobody else did, human curation. There is no self-publishing of anything on Make Love Not Porn. And by the way, nobody else does this. Our curators watch every single video submitted from beginning to end before we approve or reject it and we publish it. Our curators review every post on every member profile before we approve and publish it. We review every single comment on every single video before we approve and publish it. We can vouch for every single piece of content in our platform in a way that nobody else can. And that is why, as I said, we are the safest place on the internet. But actually, Emma, our approach to curation starts even further back than that. Because I conceive Make Love Not Porn to celebrate the wonderful sex we all have in the real world. We make it crystal clear that that is the only kind of content we want, not just in our FAQs on the site, but across all our social channels and media interviews like this. And when you make it really clear that is the only kind of content you want, that is the only kind of content you get. So we've been human curating everything for nine years. We're tiny, we're bootstrapping, we have no money because investors are reluctant to fund us. If we can do this, imagine what Facebook could do, Instagram. And this human curation model is eminently scalable. 
I built it into our business plan because essentially it's analogous to think about those gigantic software companies, you know, tech unicorns, who have human sales forces. They have thousands of people selling their software. And we one day, I sincerely hope when I can get Make Love Not Porn funded to scale, we'll have thousands of curators operating equally smoothly to make sure that we are always the safest place on the internet. And is the reason that none of these other groups do this just simply profit-driven, do you think? Basically, every other tech platform on the internet that dominates our lives today was founded by young white men who are not the primary targets, online or offline, of harassment, abuse, racism, sexual assault, violence, rape, revenge porn. Therefore, they did not and they do not proactively design for the prevention of any of those things on their platforms. And we see the results around us every single day. Those of us who are most at risk every single day, women, black people, people of colour, LGBTQ, the disabled, we design safe spaces and safe experiences, but we are not the ones getting funded. White male venture capitalists are flinging hundreds of millions of dollars at white bro founders to build the platforms that threaten all our safety. When we get funded at the same level, you will see a very different internet, one that makes all of us, including white men, safer and a whole lot happier. And as you know, MasterCard recently instigated changes that required banks to act more responsibly in their processing of payments for sellers of adult content. Do you think these rule changes will convince other adult platforms to adopt a monitoring strategy that's more in line with yours? Um, yeah, but I mean, MasterCard has absolutely driven the enforcement of far more rigorous practices, which is a good thing. But at the same time, I have to tell you that those specific practices are nevertheless not helping all of us within the bigger picture because I didn't realise when I embarked on this mission 12 years ago that I and my tiny team would fight an enormous battle every single day just to keep Make Love Not Porn alive, let alone grow it. And that is because every piece of business infrastructure any other tech startup takes for granted, we can't, the small print always says, no adult content. And that is all pervasive across every single area of the business in ways that people outside the sphere don't realize. I can't get funded. I can't get banked. It took me four years to find one bank here in America that would allow me to open a business bank account for Make Love Not Porn. Oh my God. Biggest challenge is payments. PayPal won't work with adult content. Stripe that takes credit cards, you know, can't. But every tech service I need to use to operate my platform, hosting, encoding, encrypting, the terms of service always say no adult content. We had to build our video sharing platform from scratch as proprietary technology because existing streaming services won't stream adult content. Even finding an email partner, you know, MailChimp won't work with adult content. We were rejected by six or seven email partners till we found SendGrid who would. Wow. A few years ago, I needed a user experience designer. I put a perfectly standard job description up on Upwork. 20 minutes later, Upwork took it down and told us, because we are Make Love Not Porn, we can't advertise jobs on their site. And all of this is massively inhibiting and keeping down a business whose mission is to end rape culture. Make Love Not Porn helps to end rape culture by doing something incredibly simple that nevertheless nobody else is doing, we end rape culture by showing you how wonderful 
great consensual communicative sex is in the real world. Our social sex videos role model good sexual values and behavior. And we make all of that aspirational versus what you see in porn and popular culture. And yet nobody will fund us and the tech and business world is trying to shut us down every single day. That's a huge problem. Yeah, it's a constant uphill battle. And I think that there are a lot of generalizations about the people that are creating the sex content online, but also the people that are consuming it as well. So can you give us a little insight into who your average make love, not porn star is, and also who your viewers are? Sure. So I designed Make Love Not Porn to be the Facebook of social sex. We are for anybody and everybody. We celebrate the full glorious spectrum of human sexuality. And so our Make Love Not Porn stars are perfectly ordinary people like you and me. The vast majority, by the way, had never, ever filmed themselves doing anything sexual before ever. Right. They're doing it for us because they believe in our social mission. They're doing it to experiment and explore themselves. They range in age from 18 to 80. And by the way, something our older members really appreciate is that we celebrate make older love, not porn. Because guess what? Older people love having sex too. <laughs> I'm 61. I adore having sex with younger men. You know. And so both our members and our Make Love Not Porn stars come from the broadest spectrum imaginable. We are all about diversity and inclusion, and we celebrate every sexuality. And honestly, it, it is literally anybody and everybody. And for those everyday people that are making these videos, are there ever concerns about their family, friends or colleagues finding out about what they're doing? So I designed Make Love Not Porn around one of our basic principles, which is massive respect for our community. We are honoured that our Make Love Not Porn stars have chosen to share this most intimate part of their lives with us. And so we designed everything about how we operate for their safety, their comfort, their confidence, their trust. So if you're at all worried about, you know, anybody recognising you, it's absolutely fine to be anonymous. You know, you can wear masks, faces in shadow, out of frame, pixelated. Probably about half our Make Love Not Porn stars choose to stay anonymous. And we have a curated collection of videos on our curated collections page called Make Incognito Love Not Porn, where you can see all the creative ways in one place that, that our Make Love Not Porn stars adopt to be anonymous. But then the other half are really happy showing their faces. I mean, bear in mind that your videos are only viewable on our platform by members and by members who've paid to rent them. We operate a revenue sharing business model, which I designed to democratize access to income. And so half our income from subscriptions and rental fees goes to the Make Love Not Porn stars themselves. But then there are also Make Love Not Porn stars who are very comfortable with their friends knowing that they are contributing to Make Love Not Porn. And this is part of why we call ourselves the social sex revolution. Because the revolutionary part about Make Love Not Porn is not the sex, it's the social. And so we have Make Love Not Porn stars who've said to us, oh yes, you know, we've told all our friends we're on Make Love Not Porn. We've told them how much we love it. We've told them to go and check it all out. You know, our friends said to us the other day, oh, we watched your latest video. You guys are so cute. You know, so that's one approach. Then we have Make Love Not Porn stars who tell us, you know, I've told my friends all about Make Love Not Porn, but I've said to them, visit on one condition, you're not allowed to watch my videos, <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> so attitudes range enormously. And we design for every level of comfort for our wonderful contributors. 
So in a world where make love, not porn, has scaled and is as big as Facebook, say, is there still a place for traditional porn sites? Oh, absolutely, because I designed Make Love, Not Porn not to compete with porn, but as a complement and a counterpoint. Mm -hmm. As I said, you know, if porn is the Hollywood movie, we're the real world documentary. People like to watch movies. People like to watch documentaries. Sometimes in the mood for a movie. Sometimes in the mood for complete fantasy and ridiculousness. And other times in the mood for a documentary and a fascinating glimpse into something that goes on in the real world. And so that's how Make Love Not Porn is designed to work. Obviously, porn will always be huge. I just really hope that one day social sex will be huge as well. And why do you think that humans are so interested in watching other people have sex what is it that draws us to this so emma if you don't mind i'm going to say in response to that oh for fuck's sake (laughs) and and the reason i say that is because the very fact you feel the need to ask that question demonstrates how ridiculous we are about the topic that is the single universal human experience we're all most fucked up about because Mm -hmm. it's precisely that failure to acknowledge we are all sexual beings. Of course we like watching people having sex. It's absolutely a fact of life. And I just want to really normalize people understanding that we are all sexual beings because to bring up how that would benefit a very sad area, the reason so many people do not get believed when they report sexual abuse, harassment, rape. The reason children aren't believed when they try and tell adults about sexual abuse is because we find it really hard, given how messed up we are around sex, to reconcile somebody's outward appearance with the fact we are all sexual beings. Yes, that priest has sexual urges just like anybody else. Yes, that fine, upstanding male pillar of the community, the doctor, the lawyer, the accountant, he has sexual urges just like anybody else. And when we normalize understanding we are all sexual beings, people will be believed when they say they were abused. We will believe children immediately, not believe their abusers over them. And so, I mean, there are so many benefits to being open and honest about sex in the real world. And I really love the saying that porn is entertainment, not education, because I think this is where a lot of the issues with mainstream pornography, where these kind of happen. Do you think that it's a lack of sex education in schools and from our families that is causing us to rely so heavily on mainstream porn as a form of education? Yes, of course it is. And this is why for 12 years I've been saying the issue isn't porn, but that we don't talk about sex openly and honestly in the real world. Many things are laid at porn store that should be laid at societies. So ultimately, Make Love Not Porn as social sex exists to make it easier for everyone to talk about sex. And the reason that is so crucial is because we don't talk about sex, it is an area of rampant insecurity for every single one of us. We all get vulnerable when we get naked. Sexual egos are very fragile. People therefore find it bizarrely difficult to talk about sex with the people they're actually having it with while they're actually having it. Because in that situation, you are terrified that if you say anything at all about what is happening, if you comment on the action any way at all, 
you will potentially hurt the other person's feelings. You will put them off you. You will derail the encounter. You'll potentially derail the entire relationship. But at the same time, you want to please your partner. You want to make them happy. Everybody wants to be good in bed. Nobody knows exactly what that means. And so you will seize your cues on how to do that from anywhere you can. And if the only cues you've ever seen are in porn, because your parents never taught you about sex, because your school didn't teach you, because your friends aren't honest, those are the cues you're going to take to not very good effect. So, so many issues would be solved if we just talked openly and honestly about sex with our children, with our school children, from the moment they were old enough to understand what we were talking about. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that. Now, what impact has the pandemic had on Make Love Not Porn? Have you seen an increase in the number of people that are using the site as viewers, but also an increase in people becoming Make Love Not Porn stars? Um, Yes, absolutely. So the pandemic has been terrific for Make Love Not Porn. And actually, that's the two trends that we observe. And Make Love Not Porn is a global platform, so we we observe these are global trends. The first is that the pandemic has proven that what we all thought for years is not the case. Because for years we went, the future's digital, AR this, VR that. Boy, oh boy, has the pandemic ever proven that what we are all desperate for on the other side of this is IRL human touch, connection, love, intimacy, feelings, sex. So that's very good news for a platform that celebrates all of that. And then secondly, what we've also observed is that, you know, the whole world has been in lockdown. And when you have families in lockdown together for months on end, partners in lockdown, roommates in lockdown, that forces a breaking down of societal barriers of guilt, shame and embarrassment around perfectly normal human body functions and sex. So if you're a family in lockdown together, you've got to face up to the fact that behind that closed bedroom door, your teenage son is wanking to Pornhub. <laughs> if you are the kids, you've got to face up to the fact that behind that closed bedroom door, your parents are having sex. Ew! You know. And so this, again, is a very good thing for us. I mean, more parents than ever before are writing to us telling us they are buying Make Love Not Porn subscriptions for their 18 and over teenagers and 20-something children because they want them to see what happy, healthy sexual relationships look like. And our video submission rate has tripled. Wow. You know, we are now getting three to four video submissions a day with the pandemic versus, on average, one submission a day before the pandemic. Mm, right. So, yep, it's, um, it's been terrific for our business. Amazing. I love hearing when COVID has done something good for, for someone. Now, other platforms like OnlyFans, now whether this is deliberately or not, have gone a long way to make sex content online more mainstream. So why do you think that real sex online is so hard to come by? There still seems to be a real refusal to to pay for pornography. There's this term, why buy the cow when you can get the milk for free, which I really hate, but I feel like it's quite a good term for that kind of mentality. Why do you think that is? I want to separate out here porn and real world sex at Make Love Not Porn. And by the way, Emma, we are very semantically precise at Make Love Not Porn. We are not real sex because porn is real sex. Porn is people having sex for real. We are real world sex. So we are the only window onto how we all have sex in the real world. Mm -hmm. And people began paying for what we do from day one. Our members 
absolutely see the uniqueness and the value of what we're doing. And by the way, I should just explain that that is because social sex has so many benefits. Mm. Social sex is enormously reassuring because we celebrate real world everything, real world bodies, real world hair, real world penis size, real world vulvas. And that's important because you can talk body positivity all you like. You can preach self-love. Nothing makes you feel great about your own body, like seeing people who are no one's idea of aspirational body types getting turned on by each other, desiring each other, having an amazing time in bed. When popular culture tells us every day that we are not sexually attractive unless we are this skinny, we've got six-pack abs, we look like this, our members write to us and say, you made me feel better about my own body. So people absolutely pay for what Make Love Not Porn does. In the case of the porn industry, um, it's exactly the same analogy as in the music industry. The flood of free content online destroyed the old world order business model. They haven't invented a new one. So finally, Cindy, what's next for Make Love Not Porn? What can we look forward to in the future? Um, First of all, and I'll be very straightforward here, Emma, the priority of Make Love Not Porn is always keeping this business alive. And I really want our listeners to understand that because I want everybody listening to this who is moved by what I'm saying to go to makelovenotporn.tv, sign up and subscribe because we need your support. We also need investors. So I'm setting out this fall to raise a serious round of funding for Make Love Not Porn to enable us to scale to be the Facebook of social sex and end rape culture globally. And by the way, if we have any investors who get it listening, it's Cindy at MakeLoveNotPorn.com. Hit me up. And so I absolutely want to basically take Make Love Not Porn to the level where we have changed the way the world has sex for the better globally. And the reason that's so important is because Make Love Not Porn operates in the single biggest market of them all. Not sex, not porn, the market of human happiness. I've spent 12 years seeing firsthand every day the enormous human misery and unhappiness caused by the shame, the guilt, the embarrassment that we've imbued sex with. We want to take all of that away. It's why I call Make Love Not Porn a shame changer. And you will not believe how much happier the entire world will be when we achieve that vision at scale. And so that is my single-minded goal, and I'm determined to make that happen. I can't wait to see it. And I will put both of those links you mentioned in the show notes, I promise. Terrific. (laughs) Cindy, thank you so much. That was such an amazing conversation. I'm sure all of our listeners will be logging on straight away. It's been an absolute pleasure, Emma. Thank you very much for having me on. You've been listening to the Electric Rodeo podcast for Adult Toy Megastore, produced by Sound Cartel. Follow Electric Rodeo free on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And for more sex and relationships explained, follow at Electric Radio Podcast on Instagram. Electric Radio.